Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Montite. This time... In the US, hundreds of thousands of women are married to members of the military. But government bureaucracy makes it tough for a military spouse to work outside the home. You know, before my husband was in the picture, you know, I was making really good money and I was taking care of myself. And now I'm having to depend solely on him. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to switch to that. I want to be contributing. Coming up, why military life and women's careers don't mix and what we can do to change that. Over the years, I've heard from a few of you about how hard it can be to have a decent career when you're married to a member of the military. And I've always intended to delve more into this topic in a show, but I still haven't got round to it. But someone far more qualified than me has. This episode comes to you from Stacey Rain. Stacey is a broad experience listener and she's married to a US Marine. She spent weeks working on this piece about why women who want to work, want to support their families and build up some savings, often just can't, and why that matters to the rest of us. The focus here is on military spouses in the US, and I'd be really curious to hear from listeners outside America about whether any of this resonates with you, or if your experience of work and military life is quite different. You'll hear from me again at the end. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the United States Marine Corps. I'm sure you can picture this in your mind. Hundreds of Marines out on a formation run, calling cadence and moving in unison. This is part of the fabric, part of the experience of being a Marine. It's part of the job. These Marines, they all sacrifice a great deal to do this job of serving their country. Men and women who sign up and understand the benefits as well as the costs. They accept the challenge. They sign on the dotted line. They understand, at least to some degree, what their jobs might look like. And then there's another group, just as much a part of the Marine Corps family, just as much a part of this military machine, just as immersed in this culture of moves and new starts and long stretches away from someone important. Not in the Marines, but a member of the Marine Corps family just the same, issued a different type of ID card, signing a different type of line. There are hundreds of thousands of people, like me, married to a Marine or a member of another military service and known in this life as the spouse, the dependent, the person who takes care of things while the service member is away, often coordinating moves, kids, and life in order to make the long hours and long weeks and months away from home possible for her or his service member. 
Often, this role of military spouse can make other roles and identities inaccessible. Often, the days might sound more like this. Meet Laura. Laura is a Marine spouse. She's from Louisiana, she's a dental hygienist by training, and she's the mother of two children, a girl and a boy. In true Louisiana fashion, she's one of the friendliest people I know. She has big hazel eyes, and of course, as a dental hygienist, she has a beautiful smile. She lives in California on the Marine Corps base Camp Pendleton, about an hour north of San Diego. Her military roots run deep. Her brother is in the Marines as well. Laura is her husband's biggest supporter. She loves her kids, and she loves being a mom. She also loves to work, to have a source of income and an identity outside of this giant role as Marine wife and mother. Laura practiced as a dental hygienist in Louisiana for seven years before her husband became an active-duty Marine. And then they moved to California, and she hasn't worked a day since. I thought that I would be able to jump right into being able to work once we moved, and I quickly learned that that was not the case and not going to happen. Laura joins the ranks of thousands of military spouses of all branches, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines, who very much want to work in their chosen field, but they can't. Blue Star Families, an organization that works to strengthen the military community in part by understanding its unique challenges, released a report in 2016 that reviewed the existing research on military spouse unemployment. One survey they cited in the report found that military spouses are more than four times more likely to be unemployed as compared to a similar civilian group. The multiple studies Blue Star cited had varying statistics on the percentage of unemployment, but all of them had military spouse unemployment at higher than the civilian spouse population. I should note that the report narrowed the scope of spouse to only female spouses, of which there are more than half a million active duty. Of course, there are male spouses, too, that experience the same challenges. But they make up a very small percentage, and there isn't yet a lot of data on that population. I talked to Blue Star's research and policy manager, Hisako Santavalai, and she emphasized the type of unemployment the study reflected. They're actively seeking work and unemployed, not like I'm, I don't want to work anymore or I've given up on the working search. Um, so our not in the labor force numbers are also kind of interesting in the sense that like these are people that are not working anymore but it could be that they've given up. To be perfectly honest, these figures surprised me because they were lower than what I expected based on my experience with spouses over the years. But then I looked at the statistics on underemployment, and it made a bit more sense. As Blue Star Family stated in their paper, 38% of military spouses were underemployed per their educational level. That's compared to just 6% of civilian spouses. Blue Star also conducts its own survey on the military family lifestyle each year where they ask about spouse unemployment. So in our survey, it's not obviously all military spouses, but um, that number is 28 uh, percent based of our respondent pool from last year. Uh, so 2017's reporting stated 28 percent versus 4 percent. So nearly a third of military spouses reported being unemployed in their survey. A third. I reviewed the Blue Star survey findings, and in it, it said that among the military spouse population, the second most concerning issue is military spouse employment, only less concerning than time away from family. This issue of employment ranked higher than even the impact of deployment on children. It seems then that Laura is in good company. She's struggling to get a job because her industry requires licensure, and the requirements, such as what exam you must have passed, vary state by state. 
If you have a license in one state, it might not transfer to another. And despite her best efforts, there hasn't been a lot she's been able to do about it. It's maddening. Being a dental hygienist, you're licensed by the state. Normally, what happens is if you have worked, have experience for at least five years, which I worked for seven years, you can be licensed by reciprocity through each state. We happen to live in California, which does not recognize that at all. So I could not go out and work at a private dental office out in town, separate from a military base, because they would not recognize my Louisiana license. I would have to be licensed by the state of California, which would cost me $5,000. I would have to take two boards, which are only offered twice a year, and it would take me up to a year and a half to get licensed. You are only stationed in a location for about three to four years. So paying all that money and then waiting so long to just get licensed and not even having a job that's guaranteed, I'm not going to do it. It's just not financially smart to do it, and it's just a waste of time, honestly. Some states do license by reciprocity, but some states require having passed a specific board exam. California requires passing a different exam to the one Laura took and passed in Louisiana. For Laura to even have the chance to work in the state of California, she'd have to pay thousands of dollars for various courses and fees, take more tests, and wait months. She just finished paying off her student loans last year. Her family is on one income, and $5,000 seems like a hefty price to pay especially since the chances are she'll be moving in a couple of years. And who knows if she'll ever come back to California. Laura, though, isn't one to stare at a closed door. She kept looking, kept trying to figure this licensing thing out, kept trying to see how she could work. It's been two years since she stepped foot in California, two years of lost income, of frustration. It's tough to even figure out how to figure it out. Yet she came up with another option that might solve the issue of not having reciprocity in California. So my only option was working for a military base. Because if you work for a base, you can keep your license from your original state. So I could use my Louisiana license and just work for the government. This seems like the logical path. Get a job on the federal installation we live on where all state licenses are accepted. But here's the thing. According to Laura, there are only two ways to get a job on base. One is to sign up for the government website, USA Jobs, and make a profile and wait. Laura's been waiting for two years for something to open and had a grand total of zero calls. The other way is to go through a contracting company. And one of the main roadblocks with them is they immediately ask if you have a security clearance. Obviously, I do not have a security clearance yet. How do you obtain a security clearance? You have to get hired by the dental battalion first to get a security clearance. Um, The money comes out, the money to pay for the security clearance comes out of the um, contracting company's pocket. And from Laura's perspective, these contracting companies aren't going to spend their money hiring someone who is just going to move in a few years' time, not even on a military base, where the name of the game is moving. Perhaps they go and find someone just outside a base who might not be a spouse and hire them instead. So Laura spends her days taking care of her kids. While ideally she would be working at least part-time to help bring in income for her family, she's glad for this time with them. But it won't be long until they're ready for school. She asks, what will she do then? Coming up in a moment, Laura finds a full-time job, but there are strings attached. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Recently, Laura finally got a call from a recruiter about a job opening. To say the least, she was thrilled. A contracting company called me. They found my information from, oh, we've had your information that um, you've been looking for a job for about eight months now. Are you still looking? Yes, absolutely. Please, like you don't even have to tell me the details. I will do it. Literally, that's what I said. Is it full-time? Is it part-time? I will take anything. Um, And it was a full-time position, full benefits. It would help. The salary alone would help my family tremendously. And I was on board. Um, then the next thing he said, okay, when's the last time you worked? And I said, April, 2016, because I've been trying to get a job since I left the state of Louisiana and there's nothing available. Oh, and immediately his tone changed. Oh, well, the federal government requires that you work full time for 12 months of the past 24 months. And it's just, it was a kick in the gut. And, um, I was basically disqualified right then and there because I haven't been able to work. And there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> and But I, I, I wrote him an email afterwards, and because he did say, I'll see what I can do. I'll try to fight for you, but it's above my head. It's the federal government who has these regulations. Um, so I then wrote him an email saying, you know, I will, I will prove my skills. I will, you know, I have family in town. They could watch my kids immediately because he asked if I had any kind of scheduling conflicts, and I said I have kids. But thank God I have family who would be able to watch them. Um, and I said, I would prove my skills. I would do whatever I need to do. I'll send you over all my my previous employer would call you right now and tell you that I'm more than qualified. And nothing. Crickets. Weeks later, after Laura sent another follow-up email, she finally got a response. It stated what she already knew, this circular tangle she's found herself in. She can't get work, and because she can't get work, she can't get work. The contract recruiter confirmed with the government that her, and I quote, lack of 12 months of full-time experience in the last 24 would not be approved by the base. For the government, regardless of whether you're a military spouse with over seven years of experience and haven't been able to work because you're a military spouse with a license in a different state, you aren't eligible for the job. As Laura said earlier, it's maddening. I understand that you want someone who has been working, but you need to look at the reasons why they haven't been. And also, if if I need to prove myself, I would I would do that. And that's what I told them. I told I said I would work to prove my skills for free on a trial basis for a few weeks if you would give me the opportunity. You know, I begged and pleaded to not make me another military spouse statistic of unemployment because I want to be working. I want to be contributing. And it's very frustrating. This email also alludes to how hard it is to even get in the door, something that frustrated Laura completely. Another recruiter filled that position almost immediately, the email said. The recruiter also shared that his voicemail has been full of applicants for nursing jobs on the East Coast. It's not just military spouses who are dental hygienists that are dealing with this licensing issue. 
It's nurses, teachers, physicians' assistants, lawyers, cosmetologists, CPAs, and the list goes on. For those that can work on a base, there's a chance they could use their original license and not jump through the hoops to get a new one in their current state. Yet, more hurdles might lie in wait, such as the 12 months and 24 for dental hygienists that Laura mentioned earlier. In 2011, Michelle Obama and Jill Biden launched the Joining Forces Initiative. One of its big goals was to break down some of the barriers of licensure for military spouses. They made progress, too. Each state had some sort of legislation to help remove some of the challenges of frequent moves. For example, California changed its processes so that military spouse applications for licensure were fast-tracked. But here we are, seven years later. And for a lot of military spouses dealing with this issue the barriers that still exist feel insurmountable at times. And this is just one issue affecting military spouses here in the U.S. I've spoken to dozens of spouses while working on this story. Moves alone raise all sorts of issues. If it's about who you know, spouses are at a disadvantage right away. It's about the resume full of holes and disjointed jobs. It's about the time needed to move. It's not a one-day thing. It's about figuring out childcare if you have a job with non-traditional hours, such as the 12 to 12 in nursing, because you can't necessarily count on your spouse to be home, and generally no family is around to help. It's about the income that spouses can't make for themselves and their families. And as one person pointed out to me, it's about their retirement account she's not able to build. According to Hisako, this unemployment issue is a big deal for many reasons. But one issue Blue Star Families is particularly focused on is its economic impact. I think sometimes people think spouse employment, spouse unemployment, oh, that's a military spouse issue, military community issue. But really, it's a greater societal problem because you're missing out on a good chunk of economic contributions from military spouses because of this particular issue. For now, for Laura, there's a more pressing issue than the jobs she's not able to get here in California. If she goes too long without working, some states say five years, Reciprocity might not be available to her should she move to another state in a year or two. And because she can't work and get clinical hours, she's now at risk for losing her Louisiana license. She can't use her license, so she might lose it. All of this lack of work is costing her more than the lost income. It's potentially costing her the license she worked so hard to achieve. Being a dental hygienist, which is, you know, similar to being a nurse, where you have to keep up your clinical skills, I'm getting to a point where... I might have to completely kiss my license goodbye because I haven't practiced at all in two years. So now, even if I wanted to go back to my home state of Louisiana, I'm going to have to prove that I still have my skills and I'm going to have to fight for my my license still. And it's just, it's insane. And it's because there's lack of opportunity and just lack of guidance of how to obtain any kind of position as a military spouse. If I go another year and a half without working, I'll have to retake my boards completely. As I'm sure you can imagine, this is a pretty distressing position that Laura is in. Her husband is just as frustrated as she is. They talk about it often. How can they get her the work she desperately wants that would be good for their family and keep her from losing the license she worked so hard and paid for to obtain? One option is to go back home during her husband's upcoming deployment. But that means they'd have to give up their house, uproot their kids, and lose the military support system that can be a lifeline during these long stretches. And there's another option on the table. I mean, I've even thought about going home for a couple months here and there just to work. You know, taking my kids while my husband is still home, not even deployed, just to get back to work and work some hours here and there and temp here and there and 
it, it sounds ridiculous, but I, like I said, I didn't, I want to get back to work. I want to have a career. I felt frustrated for her throughout our conversation, but this one was tough. It upset me to think that as a country, we've not solved some of these solvable issues and are putting more stress on military families, even when the military member is home. This isn't an easy life for families, and this family is considering splitting up, separating small kids from their dad just to solve a problem that maybe shouldn't be there in the first place. And it has far-reaching impacts outside of the spouse's ability to bring an income. Issues like this can make military members and their families question their service and whether the service member should get out of the military and maybe not make it a career. Hisako talked about how this was reflected in their survey. The majority of our military family respondents, they said that military spouse employment is their greatest financial impact associated with military service. They're, they're very passionate about serving, but they're kind of like, I don't know if this, is, this life is for me. And they're weighing kind of a lot of these factors that, that place a huge impact because of their association with the military on whether or not they stay or they go. It's impacting their willingness to stay and serve. And as Blue Star Family relays in their report I mentioned earlier, unemployment can have serious impacts on a person's mental and physical health. But at a basic level, it can impact the spouse's sense of independence. It's definitely been, it's been hard. It's been hard. I've always been one who has um, really leaned on being independent and taking care of myself. You know, before my husband was in the picture, you know, I was making really good money and I was taking care of myself and now I'm having to depend solely on him. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to switch to that. I want to be contributing. Hisako touched on this on a broader level for women in general. All these people that need to be bringing in an income are not bringing in an income. And then in comparison to their civilian counterparts, they're not able to be um, in the same playing field as others. I mean, we already know in the broader U.S. society that women under-earn men in general, and then you've got this additional military service issue impacting military spouses. It's frustrating, but Laura won't sit back and do nothing just because it's hard. She spends a lot of her days still trying to figure this puzzle out. Laura calls the contracting companies. There are about five every couple of weeks. She even found out who was responsible for hiring all of the dental office needs, including hygienists, and called him too. He pointed her back to the website, the one that hasn't posted a job in two years. So it's not like I've just been sitting around, you know, two years later, oh, I'm ready to work now. I have been busting my butt trying to. And I have even gone up to these dental offices here on base with resume in hand, begging to speak to someone, and they all say, Go see this guy. And what does the guy say? Check the website. That is everything I do. I've even found one of my neighbors is a dentist. Got his number. Said, what can I do? How can I get employed? You just have to get into the system first. And how do you get into the system? The website. The system she's referring to is the federal government's employment system. Getting into the system, apparently, is the key. She's talked to other hygienists that eventually made it in. The hardest part is getting in the system. Once they are in that federal government employment system, once they moved to different bases, they were, a, they were easily employed at those bases. The hardest part is getting your foot in the door into the system. I asked Laura what would happen if she can't get her foot in the door quickly enough. As a hygienist, then you're going to lose your license because you can't practice. I never, no one ever told me that. I, I guess I was naive to it. Um, I knew that I could keep my Louisiana license and work on base. I just didn't realize how hard it was going to be. 
And I didn't realize all the circles I would just keep being turned in. So Laura can't figure her way into the system directly through the government because they want 12 months of experience in the last 24 months. And she can't get in with a contractor because perhaps they don't want to pay for her security clearance. Yet she can't get a job without it. I'll say it again. Maddening. So Laura keeps checking the boards, calling the contracting companies, and coming up with nothing. But she's also busy contacting senators, being an advocate for herself and for the many spouses she's talked to that are just as frustrated as she is. I wrote a senator who is fighting for legislation for the Reciprocity Act for military spouses to be able to carry their license from state to state for their careers. And one of my ideas was if, for me, working on base, if one of the barriers is not having a security clearance, how about if you're a military spouse who's wanting to work, why can't we get some kind of funding to where military spouses who are trying to work already go through a security clearance? It takes three months to get that security clearance. So if you're hired and they need someone immediately, they're not even going to hire you because it, it takes so long to get that security clearance. So if that's a barrier, then we need to get military spouses who are trying to work on base a way to have that security clearance already done so that they can try to get employed at a base setting. That's, that was just one of my ideas. You know, they're asking for solutions, and that's, that's one thing. But um, I didn't even know that that was a hurdle I was going to have to face. And that took me, I think, a year to figure out that one. She sent in her testimony, and she encouraged other military spouses to do the same. And now she waits to see what will happen, just like she's been waiting all of this time. You know, I busted my butt to be a dental. It's hard. It's a very competitive field in, in Louisiana. Um, and it was it was hard to get to that point. And I, am, I don't want to give that up. I want my own life. I want, I want to be able to come home from work and like, talk about my day. As I said, this issue of military spouse unemployment is far more than just this licensing issue, which is obviously, as you can see now, a huge tangled issue. There are so many different pieces to this topic, and it is so incredibly nuanced. Just in talking to people across the military spectrum as I researched this topic, I've had people tell me that they gave up their job at a Fortune 500 company or got a rejection letter saying they wanted someone who would be around for longer than a few years. I've heard of people taking their advanced degrees off their resumes in order to land an interview because work at their level just didn't exist in the towns they lived in. There are solutions out there. Laura has put forth some of her ideas of how to solve at least part of this problem by providing funding for spouse security clearances so they are ready to work and contractors won't feel compelled to discriminate. What if there was a rule that on bases, military spouses have to fill the jobs if they are in the system and qualified? What if the government removed the security clearance barrier somehow? What if they removed the must-have-worked-12-months-out-of-the-last-24 rule if the spouse has been active on the website during that time? There are answers, at least to this question, and we should be looking for them. To be clear, finding and implementing these solutions isn't just a way to be charitable towards military spouses. As Sasako told me, it's an economic issue. And it's good for business to look to this group as a potential source of manpower. Research shows that on average, military spouses are more highly educated than their civilian counterparts. And fundamentally, it's a national issue because it's impacting service members' willingness to stay and serve. And that's why we should all be coming together and working to solve it. We really feel that military families um, and the nation is stronger when everybody comes together to support and solve these challenges that military families are facing. I'm not saying that the problem with military spouse unemployment is an easy problem to solve. It's really hard. 
it's really nuanced. To use Laura's words one final time, it's maddening. There's so much to be discussed here, so much that should be a national conversation, and we've just scratched the surface. This audio documentary was written and produced by me, Stacey Rain. The music is by Martha Forbes. Thank you to the many military spouses who helped make this story possible, including Beth Sullivan, Karen Nyland, and Jordan Huffman. Thanks to Blue Star Families and Hisako Santavali, as well as all the spouses that were open with me in sharing their stories and struggles around employment. And a very special thanks to Laura. It's Ashley again with an update on Laura. You heard earlier that she was thinking about taking her kids and going home to Louisiana to work for a while, just so she could put in some clinical hours and keep her license up to date. Well, she finally made the decision to do that during her husband's deployment, which is coming up next year. But just after she made that decision, she got a job offer. She's going through the background checks now, and she should start in September. Her job search took two and a half years. That's the broad experience for this time. Thanks to Stacey Rain for allowing me to use her work on my show. As usual, I'd love to hear from you, especially if any of what we talked about on this show rings bells for you. You can post under this episode at thebroadexperience.com, tweet me at Ashley Milne-Tite, or join a discussion on the Facebook page. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. See you next time.